What's up? Big Monday. FC Live. Ron Krasinski and Kratz with you. And uh, we got some good guests coming up, so I'm excited. And that includes Chris Sale, new member of the Atlanta Braves. I'm going to go off on him. Former teammate. Mm-hmm. Prove it. You can say whatever you want. I, I can't. I'm going to tell him. What do you got? Listening. I'm going to be like, dude, I've been texting you for over a year to come on. <laughs> I haven't met with you in the backfields in Fort Myers and you were broke as a joke. Couldn't throw a ball from me to Kratz. That's actually pretty far. <laughs> not, really not on the far. screen, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from me to Scott, how about that? There you go. And you're over there rehabbing in Fort Myers by yourself. And I go over there and say hi, bring, bring my wife over, the whole deal, the kids. Nothing. Oh, I'd love to come on. I can't wait. Now, now text him. Oh, you know, I'm busy. Oh, too busy. I'm too... So we got to go through his agent now. He's a changed big man, though. He's now. big time now. No, but he's a changed mm-hmm. man. Now he's going to come on. You know why? You... He doesn't have any more deferrals. True. Now he's got straight, cold, hard cash in his pocket, which we will get into, of course. He needs to remember where he came from, though. <laughs> Tell him. See... Say it with your chest. Oh, I'll say it when he comes on. Trust me. Florida oh. Gulf Coast yeah, for our international misery. fans that don't know. Um, by the way, before we start, I would like to represent many people to offer an apology to Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto because many people said that they were holding up the market. That's not true. I mean, there's been activity, but they were not holding up the market. They signed weeks ago. Okay. We still have like 20 remaining free agents. Not complaining about that, Kratz. I like that January's hot, but the whole so and so is holding up the market. Not a thing. It's not their fault. It's not no. their fault. I don't even know that it's Boris's fault. We can get into that, mm-hmm. but I I place the blame solely on the people writing the checks. They're like, eh, feels like it's a lot of money. Like I don't know that we're going to spend a hundred million dollars on players. Let's see if we can get a sale. Wait for my coupons to come in. That is exactly what's happening. It's a good call. Well, here, here. It, it's it's like teams talk themselves out of these deals, I feel like, hmm. sometimes, right? They're like, oh, Blake Snell would look great in our rotation. Oh, but this, he has this, he walks too many guys, or he doesn't do this, or he doesn't do that. Instead of being like, this guy's got two Cy Youngs, and he's done a lot of cool stuff, and like he's a pretty good pitcher. Like, Let's sign this guy, he can help us. Oh, but he costs too much. Like, That's what drives me crazy about free agency is like, teams talk themselves out of players more than they talk themselves into players. That's a fact because, uh, Kratz, I was just going to say, I think the world of free agency, aside from like an Otani or Yamamoto, has changed where the team talks to the agent and they're like, we love this and this. But also, he's 31 and he didn't play well in June and July on Sundays. Like they start to nitpick, which if I'm representing the player, I'm like, cool, thanks. I know the player. Yeah, like that's everybody. That's like... That's why guys, you know, there's only a few, like you said, Shohei's, Yamamoto's. Get after these guys. If you think this guy is going to help your team, do, does somebody is somebody going to sign Blake Snell because he's going to win a Cy Young every year? No, if that was the case, he would cost $325 million. Like, to me, I don't feel like $190, $200 is a stretch for Blake Snell. Yes, would you love to get him for the same as the Phillies got Aaron Nola? Yeah, but you know what? You had a chance at Aaron Nola. You missed it. If you don't act now, you ain't going to have a chance at Blake Snell either. And then Jordan Montgomery is going to be gone to Texas. Like, you have to start making your moves as a team that wants to win. But the thing is, I think the teams are, besides the fact that they're trying to, like, squash salaries, that's like a... That will be a never-ending thing because all these players will be gone and teams will still be trying to squash salaries because they're just going to keep going up if they don't. The biggest thing, I don't think teams are that incentivized to win. Only one team gets a world championship every year, and I don't think every team really wants to win that badly. Think about the Cubs. Cubs are still going to make the not the exact same amount of money, but they're still going to make a lot of money if they don't sign a marquee free agent. Their fans will be a little pissed. Come come June, people will still be coming out to games. Speaking of Jordan Montgomery, did you see the offer he was given by the Hurtado Barbecue in 
Texas. Oh. Barbecue for life. That place is good, by the way. I've never been there. I don't oh, care, though. Good. It would be delicious. I did the math, though. It is good. Did you see the math I did? No, I, I love that math. So, did you see that? I saw so, it. So he's, what, 30-ish? So 60 years, right? And I said 300. 50, 50 eats all that barbecue. True. 300 days <laughs> a year of ordering the barbecue at 100 bucks an order. Yeah. And it was $1.8 million. Okay. It's still Trump dude, change. It's He's good, though. That thing is good. That he can pay good, for it though. himself. Is it really yeah. good? Why is it so good? I don't know. They brought it to us in the booth and uh, when I did a Rangers game, and it was good. They brought, like, this big old rib. It was, like, the size of your head. I remember the picture of – Yeah, and they brought, like, the yeah. corn and all that stuff. It was good, man. That place was good. And then – and I was thinking about it. You are talking about Yobashibu Nobu Matsuyama. What, what's his name? You can't say his name? No. It's not that Yoshinobu? Yes. Yoshinobu. Yamamoto. Perfect. If I'm him yeah. – I'm straight up changing my name to Nobu because then I get Nobu for life <laughs> in the Dodgers. And there's a great one in Malibu right on the beach right of there. Course, that I mean, if I'm him, I'm changing my name to Nobu and I'm calling Nobu and I'm like, I want free Nobu for life. <laughs> They're friends with him. They went to I know. That's what I'm saying. The there. So, they don't even need that. Otani and Yamamoto went to dinner with the guy. But Those you, guys are international superstars. They can do whatever you think they that, want. Do you think they got Nobu for free? Yes. That dinner was free. You think that Guaranteed. was Guaranteed. Really? Guaranteed. Free there's, because... Shohei bought it or free because no, Nobu gave it free to him? because Nobu gave it to him. Kratz, yes. guaranteed. There is, there's me. There's AJ. There's Yamamoto and Shohei. They're living, uh, I, listen, they're living in another land of celebrity. Uh, I'm not. I'm We've not, all had free meals with people connected to restaurants, of correct? Yeah. We are not them. <laughs> not in Nobu. Uh, they, but they're you friends think, with the dude that owns it. You think they're not enough for Nobu? Nope. Man, I didn't know they did that. Now, for him, they would. What's the, uh, gosh, what's the other Japanese guy that, uh, why can I think of his name? Give me the Iron Chef guy. Uh, oh, I know. Meh. I can't remember. Oh, my gosh. What we got to charge the mound, though. All right, we'll charge the mound while I think of his name. Okay, because we're on the Dodgers, and we have about eight minutes, and then we're going to bring in Eno Cyrus. Let's charge the mound because the Los Angeles Dodgers are awake this offseason, but no one else is. They signed Teoscar Hernandez to a one-year contract for $23.5 million. Yes, just one year. It's a solid contract for a year. Prove it with a team that's got a better lineup and in a better ballpark. Seattle's tough, and it was tough for him. His home road splits were huge. He was a way better hitter on the road. The Dodgers were looking for a dude they could plug into the outfield that they could play every day, but that would destroy left-handed pitching. They found that guy, best slugging percentage against lefties since 2020 belongs to Teoscar Hernandez. This was a down year offensively for him. There's a lot of debate about what kind of defensive player he is. For me, I test is about, uh, he makes some great plays and then he makes some plays where you're like, ooh, not so good. So I would say maybe average to a little bit below average in my mind. And there's Bob Nightingale where the Dodgers have spent one point blah, 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 billion dollars this winter uh, in free agency, but. Who's counting? I mean, obviously, you might as well if you're going for it this year. And do you Early? know? Do you know Shohei Otani? The money that he saves the Dodgers is about this much in the deferrals, about this contract. So this got them. And, no, and, and Nobu, and Nobu, and Nobu. Morimoto is the guy I was thinking of. There the you way. go. Yeah, sorry. So, well, I met him once. He gave me his card and said, "You can take this to the restaurant and use it." And he all did was get me the front of the line. So, hey, that's something. <laughs> That's something. Here, I thought I was getting like a free meal at, at Morimoto, and nope. But quick uh, thank you. Before, but I digress. Wait, Teoscar, quick thank you before your take on this. Yeah. Uh, thank you from Teoscar Hernandez's representatives to the Mariners for not giving him a qualifying offer that would have been for less money. He probably wouldn't have taken it anyway, but to not have a draft pick attached, he says thank you very much. Yeah, they're idiots, by the way. Yep. Because whatever. But <laughs> I mean, the Dodgers, they're just trying to get everybody. I love it. I love it. They're trying. They're trying like hell to get everybody. And hey, Oscar's a good fit. We, I mean, he played right field. Jason Hayward and him can kind of bounce around. If they need a defensive replacement. Hayward can come in for him. Uh, I mean, who, who their outfield is who right now? They got Tay Oscar, Jason Hayward, center. Chris Taylor's going to have to play out there somewhere for him, right? And Outman. Outman is probably going to play center. Hayward and Margot are going to platoon most likely in right field and right yeah and then that puts Teoscar in left with taylor Chris bounces taylor. everywhere there. taylor plays everywhere and outfield and center Mookie's field playing out. second locks it short muncie third freddie first will smith catching Teoscar and margo in left that's a damn good gosh that's a good roster right there dh is good too it's a dh 
Oh, joking? Shohei. <laughs> no, I was like, Nobu? <laughs> Shohei. Yeah, I forgot about him. I didn't even count him. Dude. That's a pretty stack. I mean, what's I crazy? We talk, about, we talk about them needing pitching. They might not need pitching. They might score 20 runs a game. It's a solid team right there. They had the best offense in the NL last year, Kratz. And they're going to again this year. The thing that's crazy is Teoscar, I don't know that he needed a prove-it year. He was a little bit above league average last year. He could have bounced back without, you know, whatever was going to happen. If he took the two-year deal from the uh, from the Red Sox, I think he could have, which is weird why the Red Sox were going after another outfielder. Maybe he was going to DH. I don't know what the plan was there. But my thing is, this is a guy that could hit eighth in their lineup when they're facing righties if he's swinging hot or fifth, depending on where they want to slot him in against lefties in a power-packed lineup. And you're like, wait a minute, like this could be this could be a huge bounce back year because if you're facing this lineup, you're okay facing Teoscar Hernandez because you don't you, like you have to choose somebody to go after. And if he's in there against lefties, you're like, well, I guess I could pitch around him. And then, oh crap, Max Muncie, Shohei Otani, like Freddie, what the crap? This is a difficult. So I. I love this signing. It, poor Chris Taylor. Chris, Chris Taylor might play 120 games on defense. Yeah, but guy's going to get hurt. So yeah. he's like first guy to take any position or if someone's slumping. So, I mean, if Chris, Chris Taylor's healthy, he'll play 140-plus games, don't you think? I, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, they want Teoscar to be the top 20 MVP type of player that he was just two years ago. Like – he bangs, and if he's not your, he's kind of like a, kind of like a, like a backup catcher in the sense of if you play him every day, he's probably not going to do that great. But if you set Teoscar up for success when he was in Toronto, and those dudes were banging, he was a great complimentary piece that can absolutely go off. Yeah, they, they saw Miggy Rojas too, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, <laughs> Rojas isn't a bat, though. Yeah, but he's not. Nice depth. He's that's a pretty good bench piece. Chris Taylor, Miguel Rojas, Manny Margot, and Jason Hayward on your bench. Austin Barnes. That's Austin Barnes. Team. Austin Barnes is sitting there with his two-year deal. Like, hey guys, you guys want to go out to dinner? <laughs> you know who I like? Miguel Vargas, who didn't have a great rookie year. Where's he going? He better... He's going to be in Triple A or traded, dude. He's yeah. not going to make the team. Where's he going to play? He's just a good player to have. Dude, by the way, can we just get back to, you know what? He he went into spring training with a broken finger and he and didn't, didn't swing. swing. <laughs> oh, he's like, still holding that What the fuck are we story? doing? What he do went mean? like, he went like. Yeah, and he 50, walked. And people were walking him. <laughs> and, the, and the story was out. I know. Like, what was the pitcher's like, man, this, I might be the guy he swings at. Who cares if he hits a home run? You're, I'm, 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 like, he walked a bunch of times. No one, he wasn't going to swing. Can I shit on the Red Sox now? Well. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Because Kratz brought it up, so we got two tweets. One is from our friend Chris Cotillo. Source, Red Sox weren't competitive at the end for Teoscar Hernandez with discussions centering around two-year, $28 million framework and then petering out. Okay, let me try some quick math here. I got two players on the show today. Guys, 228 from the Red Sox, one 23.5 from the Dodgers to then take back to the market. And even if you sucked, you'd still get more on that second year. But you'd most likely get, I don't know, maybe 25 a year for three or four years after that. What do you guys think? Dodgers. Dodgers? Okay, just plus, making sure. Plus the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs, plus you got a chance at a World Series ring. I mean, this isn't even this isn't even a discussion. <laughs> I don't even know what the discussion's about. And here's 28, you're like... That's not a real... See, to me, that's not a real offer if... If you're told, hey, you're barely over the one-year mark that we're going to get from another team, that's what an agent would say, right? Of like, course. hey, are you sure? And the Red Sox are like, yeah, we're sure, because then we can tell insiders that we were in on this player. And Dan Shaughnessy said, too bad. I'm told the Red Sox were, quote, in on Teoscar Hernandez. What a joke. Any of you still buying what the Sox are selling? I'm not. I'm not buying it. There, what they is didn't it? What need was, him, what but was, I'm not buying what are, it. What was the quote there? Uh, Breslow has got the – what was the – Full throttle. Full throttle. That's yeah. a, is that a full throttle offer for you, Kratz? 
that is a full throttle. You're an idiot offer. <laughs> what? Like, I, I like, I like looking at somebody's offers that leak out and you're like, that one was leaked out by the team. Like teams that are like, yeah, we offered Shohei 700 million. Like, I guess you just chose the Dodgers over us. Like, okay. You know, that was by the team. This offer was leaked out by the agent. Teoscar's agent was like, hey, you guys want to know what the Red Sox offered? $28 million for two years. This almost got $23 million for one. Like, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand how they can say full throttle without it being F-O-O-L. And I don't understand where this full throttle is going to begin. Like, are they going to get two? Like, it's kind of like, to me, why are they going in after an outfielder? Go after some starting pitching. That's what you needed. You didn't have anybody start more than 26 games. Granted, none of the Dodgers starters started 26 games last year either, but they're going after it. They're adding to it. But you got to go after something that you need. Is that an original idea, by the way, or did you read that somewhere? Full throttle. No, that was my. That was my, good. No, it was mid. I said it. Full and good. fool don't really sound like. Fool. That's why it was creative. Fool it throttle. Don't sound like. I could see the headline on March first. Yeah, I could see it in the Boston Globe. Full throttle. Red Sox <laughs> tell us they're going all in and trade a pitcher and and acquire one. But here's my. So Bob Nightingale wrote that they're also open to trading Kenley Jansen. And Yoshida. Yoshida was from Ken last week with but, Ben McCaffrey. Like, and Chris Martin, who was one of the best relievers in baseball. They're, I don't understand what they're doing. I don't think they're going to get – do you think – do either of you feel like they're going to get Snell or Montgomery? I did before. I don't now. Why are they trying to save money, though? They're the Red Sox. They're what? broke, too. They're on the Mariners' payment plan. Dude. <laughs> I mean, their owners own Liverpool. Their owners own the Penguins. Broke. There's oh. a new documentary coming out called Broke. John a Henry. bunch of owners just what if, fake, fake broke. What if, what if the ownership hasn't actually given Breslow actual like parameters? Like, hey, you know what? Go full throttle. Okay, how much can I spend? Uh, just go full throttle. What if? What if no, they no, give them parameters. They give them no almost every team does. As far as I know, they give you parameters, Kratz, and then you mm-hmm. can call and ask for permission to go above those parameters in a special case. Let's bring in our first guest of the day because we got a busy day and we have a bunch of moves. Obviously, we didn't get to that. We can break down with our first guest, Eno Cyrus from The Athletic, joining us right now. Eno, great to see you. And we might as well just pile on here right now. Your thoughts on the Teoscar Hernandez deal for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and also we're mixing in the fact that the Boston Red Sox did not quite give him a good enough offer to be enticing. Yeah, uh, I think that it's interesting because it's not the type of player that um, sometimes ages that all that well because you're talking about a guy who chases and pitches outside the zone, strikes out a lot, doesn't walk a lot. But for the Dodgers, I think he's a perfect fit. Because they've got a disciplined team. They were like second in OBP, second in walk rate. They don't chase a lot. And so to have this type of player on your roster, I've always thought that like lineup diversity matters, you know, like why not have the guy who's kind of swinging from his heels and, and, and just being all crazy. Maybe he'll get white hot, you know, in the playoffs where you've had all these really disciplined professional hitters sometimes go cold, you know? So you know, they got their kind of Adolis Garcia type where it's like this guy could just go nuts in a playoffs and, and actually kind of like he might be the best hitter in a playoff series that, you know, has Otani, Freeman and Betts on it, you know. So I, I think that, you know, putting them on the Dodgers makes the most sense. And that's why they went to the, the bigger number. I mean, who else are the Dodgers going to sign? Are they going to sign Montgomery? Are they going to sign... Snell, are they going to sign? I mean, who else? Who else is out there that the Dodgers could possibly figure out? Stroman. Let's see who else. What other starting pitchers are out there? That they, all of them. All of them. They're just going to sign everybody at this point. I mean, they're going to go for. An, I mean, they already have an all-star team. They so. could use another starter, though, right? You know. Yeah, no, I, I could totally see them uh, adding a starter. I mean, right now, if you look at their depth chart, I think their fifth uh, and sixth starters are both rookies uh, in terms of. Emmett Sheehan and Gavin Stone. Gavin Stone. That those guys have options. I think most teams would rather have the young guys that have options like that start in the minor leagues 
So I think it'll be more like a, a fifth starter type. I like I like the Ryu one actually. Uh, but you know, maybe the fifth starter for the Dodgers is more like Shota Imanaga, who I really like. Uh, he, he struck out like nearly 30% of the guys he saw in Japan last year. And, uh, I think he's, he's a really interesting player. So maybe, uh, fifth starter for the Dodgers is, you know, like, but a he's, second a fly, but he's a fly ball pitcher. Else. He's a fly that, ball pitcher. He's a fly ball that's pitcher good in that ball. Park. I know, but like all these teams like, well, he's a fly ball pitcher. Like, can we just, he's good. Like, let's just sign yeah. him. Like, yeah, it's a hundred million dollars. Though. It goes back, you know, to what we were talking about before that like teams talk themselves out of signing guys more than they seem to talk themselves into it. And if you're, you're Imanaga and you're like, okay, we're the Red Sox or we're the Yankees or we're looking for a pitcher. Oh, he's too many fly balls. Who cares if he gets guys out? You're not pitching in Coors Field. You're not pitching in, you know, Cincinnati, Great American Small Park. I mean, Gosh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like teams need to talk themselves in more than out of free agents. Yeah, I mean, Nestor Cortez has been a really good pitcher for the Yankees, and he has a big fly ball rate. He's given up some homers, but he strikes guys out, and he has a really nice fastball with a lot of ride. That's what Imanaga brings to the table. He would actually, I was just looking at this, he would have the most ride of any fastball in the big leagues uh, the day he gets there. So, you know, this is an exciting guy with a really unique fastball that people haven't seen short left-hander. I think, you know, it's an ideal situation because he's 30. You don't have to give him the Yamamoto deal either. You can, it'll be, I think less than a hundred million um, or, or around there. So I, I think that he's maybe one of the best. I mean, it's obviously Snell is the best, but Imanaga versus Montgomery, like, I don't know, man, if, if Montgomery is going to get $50 million more, I might take Imanaga myself. But who has the best? Who has the best stuff? If you're looking at like you said, Snell's the best, so that mm-hmm. eliminated that question. Who you think is the best? Is it Josh Hader's fastball that's available? Is it Snell's curveball slider thing? His down pitch? Is it is it his? Is it Shota's Shota's fastball? You know who who has the best stuff? And teams like the Dodgers, to me, or the Rays. Obviously, the Rays aren't in on these guys, but. That's how they exploit the value in these guys. Hey, you're going to throw your curveball. You're going to throw your fastball 80% of the time. I know you'll get whacked sometimes, but we're coming out on top 95% of the time. No, I think that's really interesting because if you look at Jordan Montgomery, I feel like he's maxed out. You know, uh, I think he's, he was great. He was great in the playoffs. He's been a really good pitcher. But I don't look at what he does and be like, oh, what if he – through this pitch more or like what if he did this i don't see that much left to tweak he is who he is with imanaga you know he's been pitching to contact in a league that pitches to contact that plays to contact he might not be actually throwing the ball up in the zone as much as you want so there might be a tweak where you say man maybe part of the reason why you're giving up homers is you're throwing this high ride fastball down the zone come to the big leagues in America where we throw high in the zone a lot. You know, we throw our fastballs uh, high, higher and highest. So, you know, I, I feel like there could be more tweaks with Imanaga. So that's why I'm, I'm most excited about him in terms of stuff. Yes. I would probably put uh, Snell's slider uh, number one uh, remaining and then Imanaga's fastball number two. Uh, and I don't think that Montgomery actually has a pitch that would rank in that top three or to five in terms of best stuff, but he's a guy that has high pitchability, has a good arsenal, knows what he's doing with the pitches he has. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not here to say that Montgomery's bad. But if if I'm running a, an organization, I'm really excited about Imanaga. That's the one I want because I feel like he's got demonstrated stuff, but he also has uh, some things I could tweak about him. So you're not paying for starts. You're not paying Aaron Nola because he makes every start since 2017 or Jordan Montgomery. Well, I, I don't, I don't mind the Nola deal, but I do think that, uh, especially with veteran pitchers, what you've seen is a lot of these teams are getting injured guys. You get Tyler glass. Now you do a trade for Chris sale. You know, you know, there's a lot of teams that are okay with getting injury guys. And I think the thing is the injury list is a free place to stash somebody, you know, like, if you have a veteran who's either really good or injured and you can put them on your injury list and get a roster spot, I feel like that makes more sense sometimes than a young pitcher where you don't know if he's really good and, you know, you don't know where to stash him, you know, in the 40 man roster, you know, in terms of like, 
you know, what you do with him. He's, he's not necessarily going to be injured right away. So if you, if you're wondering about why teams are okay with doing this, like low innings, high, uh, you know, high risk injury guys, I think it has something to do with how the injury list works, how the roster works. And then also those teams, I think say, well, I, I can have Emmett Sheehan come up if Tyler Glasnow is hurt. I'd rather have Tyler Glasnow when he's, when he's healthy. And I think that my young guys can step in when he's not. So there's a sort of a two pronged answer to why teams feel like, you know, I, I can take the lower innings guy. That's a great point. And we're talking to Chris L after we chat with you. And I mean, if you look at Atlanta, there's another example for you where you're trying to find a loophole in a game that is struggling to find consistent innings. Well, use up your IL spot. I think that makes a ton of sense for teams, especially that can afford it. So let me take you to the richest team in baseball, not acting like that this offseason, but I'm not knocking them at all. They've spent plenty of money in the past. It just doesn't seem like they're going for it. I'm talking about the Mets. So they added Bader last week. Um, they've added Tyron Taylor and Adrian Hauser, and now they add Sean Manaya, who some people are pretty high on based on some of the changes he made um, last season and adding the sweeper. What are your thoughts on Manaya and the Mets offseason? The only thing that's confusing to me, you know, is, I mean, they're not really going for it this coming season. They were like kind of Yamamoto or a bust. So it seems like they're preparing themselves for 2025, no? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of treading water happening in New York here uh, in terms of the Mets. I mean, I think they want to maybe keep a spot open for Juan Soto. Um, you know, they want to be available to, you know, for the really high end stuff. And they don't, I think maybe what they've seen is that they don't want to get stuck with these mid-level contracts. And I, I don't know if stuck is the right word with Starling Marte. Like, I think he was just hurt and, uh, he can return to grace. Like, I think he'll, he'll be fine again, but it is, you know, if you make too many of those mid-level contracts, the four and 80 type deals, you can get like a kind of a bloated roster and not have much flexibility. So that's the, that's the deal they've been away from, right? You said they were in on Yamamoto. They were cool with like, you know, 300 million, but they haven't gone and signed anybody for 60 million. So they want to be, you know, one and 10 or, you know, 10 and 300. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that seems to be the, the plan going forward. And the way that I read that is, is treading water. It's waiting for Brett Beatty um, or Mark Vientos to step forward. It's waiting for some of the younger guys to come up. It's waiting for the changes they've made to their pitching development to, you know, they're building a, a pitching lab and they have, they've been really, uh, you know, going out there and getting the best pitching coaches they can find. So they want to develop a, a, a pipeline much like maybe the Rays have, or the Dodgers have where they're just always adding young, you know, inexpensive pitchers to the rotation. And that makes everything else easier to do in terms of roster building. So I think they're they're kind of treading water in, in 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 between season. But you know, if you look at it, they they could make the playoffs, right? You know, like there's the they're they're a good enough team to to be a wild card team. Um, but uh yeah, you'd expect a little bit more out of you know Steve Cohen saying, like, we're gonna win this in five years and you know, and, and coming out here and spending a bunch at the beginning. Uh, this seems like a little bit underwhelming of an offseason compared to what they've done before. That's what I was going to ask you about possibly making the t making the playoffs, but isn't this eerily similar to when Andrew Friedman went to the Dodgers and he was like, "Hey, I need some bridge money to get to build what we're going to build." Maybe the Mets are, you know, if you think about it in the in the minor leagues, like we're at like high A now, so it's going to be two three years till we start getting just a cavalcade of players coming in like the Dodgers did. And then we're going to continue to add money. Is this the bridge years where they're going to still spend some money to just bridge it to that time? Or do you think they're actually going to make a push, say, at the trade deadline and if if they're three games out of the wild card? Yeah, I, three games out of the wild card. I, I I think they might just they'll make a small move. <laughs> I, I think this is. I think you've read it right. You know, I I think the model right now for most teams is the Dodgers, and the the idea is you spend money on the major league team in a sort of big way at the beginning, and while you're doing that, you may not you may not even think that that's going to be the team that wins it. That's the team that's just going to win some games, keep fans coming to the park. And what you're really doing is under the hood. You're really trying to improve your player development process. And, you know, that can that can then be 
used in a couple different ways. Like the Dodgers use their player development to keep their uh, their five, six, seven, and eight pitchers are all cheap. You know, Emmett Chi and Gavin Stone, but they also traded away a bunch of guys. Josiah Gray. You know, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a whole long list of of prospects that they developed that they then just used to trade away for veterans. So uh, there's a couple different ways that having a good player development system. Um, can help you. And I think that's what the Mets are working on right now under the hood, trying to keep the team respectable. Maybe they make the playoffs, but really we're trying to develop better systems on the minor league level. You know, I'm sure you've noticed the Giants and the Mariners trade. I I, I get it from the Giants side. Robbie Ray is a great left-handed pitcher when he's healthy. From the Mariners side, I know they have a lot of starting pitching, but man, they just really wanted Mitch Hanniger back because this seems like just a straight salary dump at least from the outside looking in. And I feel like, gosh, if I'm a Mariners fan, I'm like, here we go again. We've already said we're only trying to win this amount of games and we're not trying to win every game. And now we're dumping a guy who won a Cy Young and we're waiting for him to come back. And, you know, I know they have Castillo and Gilbert and all those guys, but gosh, he's, he's pretty good when he's healthy. And then, I mean, Mitch Hanniger, he's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just wild to me that they're, they've made so many moves and yet I think this team is like, like a half win or a win better. <laughs> you know, it's like they're really trying to do the paperclip thing where they're turning the paperclip into a house, you know? Um, <laughs> and to, to end up back with, with Mitch Hanniger after all the paperclip dealings, it's like, no man, you just got the paperclip back. Um, so I, I don't know, uh, you know, replacing Teoscar Hernandez with the guy that Teoscar Hernandez replaced is just uh, super weird for me, but I like Luke Rayleigh. Um, I like the Mitch Garver signing. I think this team is a little bit better than it was last year, but I think they only have five to $8 million left and their starting infield is Luis Urias, JP Crawford, uh, Johan Rojas and Ty France. Like that's a, is that a bottom five infield in the big leagues? It's it not a top be. five infield. I know that. Yeah, no, it's not a top five. It's not infield. the Dodgers or the, it's not the Dodgers or the Braves. I promise you. Or the yeah, Phillies. exactly. So uh, you know, maybe uh, they have they've been acting like a team with money constraints. Um, maybe their uh, TV situation is leading to this, but it's not super exciting as a as a as a as a Mariners fan to be like, oh man, this was the off season. We did a bunch of trades and we had the same flaws that we had last year, pretty much. But you you just said it a couple times they're a little bit better than they were last year. That's yeah. all it took to overtake the Rangers. If you said they're two games better than they were last year, they're in and the World Series champions are out. So maybe they didn't need to. Do you believe with that pitching staff? To me, when the season starts, we're going to stop talking about how much they didn't spend and we're not going to talk about it a ton until the end of the season and Cal Raleigh comes out again and says, see what those guys over there did? And those guys over there were the Rangers and they just squeaked in. When he said that, they didn't win the World Series. So with this starting rotation, as to me, elite as it is, yeah, with Gilbert and Castillo and Kirby, <clears throat> yeah, like I, I feel like this is. Are we making too much of it? Yes, I'd love to see them spend, but are we making too much of it because of the starting rotation that they have and how they can make elite bullpen pieces? Yeah. And it's like, it's a little bit hard to hit in Seattle. It's a, it's a tough park. And, and so maybe they're just leaning into it right now. Um, by wins of replacement, they are the three, six, nine, 10th best team in baseball, uh, in terms of projected wins of replacement on their roster. So 10th best team in baseball, you know, you, 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 you make a run at it and you, you know, the Rangers, uh, are going to have some injury issues in that, in that rotation, uh, by the end of the season, you know, they all get healthy, but, uh, at the beginning of the season, who's pitching in that Rangers rotation. I think the Astros, um, are showing some cracks, uh, and, and getting older. So they're gettable. Yeah. It's a plan to win 88 wins again and hope the other guys don't win 88 or win 88 wins and, and actually get lucky and, and make it 90 or 92. You're right. Last year, 90 won the division. They weren't that far off, and they're a little bit better. It, it's do we, re- do we really think they're better, though? Do we, do we think they're better? Do, honestly, do you really think they're better than where they were last year? Like 56%? Like they went from 54 to 54.2%? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's 
that's how I think of it. Like they're barely better. I, I mean, like we're like Rayleigh's probably I mean, better. They weren't than, that okay. So Rayleigh's they, better Julio than Kelly like right good. now. Is Rayleigh no, better than Kelly right now? Julio wasn't good at the beginning though, and then yeah, he caught. Then he he got hotter and shit for about two months. Yeah, yeah. and then he kind of fell off at the end a little bit. Hanniger's not Rance as good as not very good year. They lost Tay Oscar. They got yeah. Mitch Garver for their DH. Traded okay. away Gino, who they actually Gino, was a big clubhouse huge, guy, too. Huge in the club, and he would run into a 25 to 30. Yeah, I was going to say, 29 pumps. Yeah. no, I'd say yeah. they're about but, the same as last year, actually. I agree. <laughs> okay, so they're short. So that, that's, <laughs> yeah, And short. they traded away, but they were traded away. I know Robbie Ray didn't pitch last year, but yeah. they traded away a guy they were kind of counting on to come in and be another I, starter for them. If one or two of were. their young starters goes down, they are screwed. Yeah. Well, that's why they got the Scafani back. But yeah, right. I, I don't think that the next group, Emerson Hancock, Darren McCon, that those guys, they're not as good as the last group. Uh, this is the this is the culmination of the of their best group of minor leaguers. So this should it's this really should good. be the time. This is the time for them. That's why it's frustrating as a fan, right? Because there's like, hey, what? Well, like, couldn't you have, like, what about Matt Chapman? Even Matt Chapman would make this team better. They should have traded you know? for Juan Soto. You know, the thing that I think everyone's so... <laughs> they I'm should very, have signed Otani. I'm I don't very know. plugged in. It's $2 million a year to sign Otani. I don't get yeah. it. I'm very plugged in. You know, I'm an insomniac. I watch a ton of games. I love Dave Sims on the call. Um, this team is going to have the same-ish, basically the same. I mean, some people are saying a little less. About the same payroll as last year, which was a disappointment for them even last year that their payroll was at that mark. It's Seattle. It's top 10 attendance. Like, they are doing well on many fronts. They should not be at the 140-ish range for their payroll on the years that their winning window is going all in or supposed to be, right? They did the tanking, the lowering the payroll. They're not even back to what their payroll was in like the Robinson Cano days and all that. And also obviously with inflation, like they should be closer to the $200 million range. And if they and were, in my mind, so much, they're a World Series contender. They'd be, this team would be so much better if it had two more like offensive free agents on it. Yep, that's what they're missing. All right, a couple other things I want to get to before we we uh, we let you go for Chris Sale. A um, couple articles for you. So so first off, we really liked your uh, Luis Severino article on the potential of tipping pitches, and I wanted to get your thoughts on what you think he could be for the Mets uh, in 2024. Is this a guy that if he does kind of fix himself mechanically and he's healthy? Can he be the old Luis Severino? It's not like he's super old yet. I think he's like 29. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think what's amazing is that his fastball velocity last year was the best that had been in four years. So it's not like he's lost the velo yet. And I know that for anybody who watched him as a Yankee last year, they might think he's washed. The slider wasn't quite as good. The movement on the fastball wasn't quite as good. I mean, those are things he's shown before that he can find again. And then we found this thing that we had, you know, rival advanced scouts being like, yeah, he was tipping pitches. And I found a still where he's got his glove open and he's, he's picking his pitch and there's a guy on second base just looking at it, you know? So I know it's a little bit frustrating. Somebody say, well, dude, this guy has 700 plus innings. He's 29 years old and he's still tipping pitches, you know, like, isn't that on him? Um, and I get that, but the way that we find tips now has really gone into the stratosphere in terms of the technology that we use. So we use Hawkeye now to find tips and we can throw it into a software and the software will just highlight, you know, this elbow is different and this, and when he does sliders, this is different when he does changeups, this is different. And it just makes it really easy for a hitter to watch some video and be like, oh, okay, got to watch this and then I'll see curveballs. Or if I watch this, I, I, it's probably a change up. So like, you know, the, the way that we, the science of tipping is, is through the roof. Um, and so, you know, it's not all on Severino on some level, like it's Severino, the coaches and the technology getting so good. So, uh, but I do have hope that, that he can fix those tips and, and be a better, play, a better pitcher going forward. You're saying there's technology that is picking up tips, or you're saying that there's coaches who are picking it up, and then we're using technology to highlight, like compare. No, it's actually it's it's the first thing you said. The technology picks up the tips, um, and then the coaches are watching this thing that basically highlights. Like if you know, I have in the piece a thing where like Severino's uh, effort level is way higher on on four seamers, and you can see his leg fly out. 
And, you know, what the coaches do is look at this thing. This technology spits out what they think are some tips. The coaches are now at the level where they're deciding if they bring that to the player or not, if they think that's a real tip or not. Uh, but it's almost like what AI does in the real world, what ChatGPT does in the real world is sort of bring up the floor. So it does a lot of the base work for you. So the technology of tipping is saying, hey, here, the software says these five things could be tips. The coach looks at it and says, eh, that's I don't think the hitters can see that one or that one, but that's a problem. So we're going to work on that one. Okay, let me ask you this, you know, because I, I, I know the answer, but this is a rhetorical question. It's like, Scott, you never <laughs> stepped in the batter's box, okay? Let me explain to you how tipping works, because this is great that you're saying like his elbow's different, his effort level's different. Guess what? As a hitter, you can't see that shit, okay? You can see if his glove is higher, if his glove is wider, if his glove is set different way. If his, it, Hell, there was guys that tip with their mouth. They stuck their tongue out on certain pitches, right? There was guys that tip with their eyes. They'd look a certain way instead of looking this way, right, on different pitches. You can see that as a hitter. But as a hitter, I can't tell you – in the, in the amount of time that I have to hit the ball, if his hand is here, his elbow is lower, higher, whatever, you don't have time. So, like, yeah, technology, that sounds cool, like what you're saying. It's not real world, though. Like, it, there's no real world action. I can't – I mean, Jared Weaver used to go behind his back, right? And you'd be like, God, I can, I can see what pitch – no, it's too fast. It's gone. Because then you're mm. looking behind his back when you need to be looking and, in the window right here, right? Yeah. So, so it's cool what you're saying. But as a player and as a as a person that's been in that batter's box, and I'm not knocking you because I, I'll just knock Scott because he thinks he's a player. You've never said that, okay? <laughs> but that's not real world. Now that might help you develop into more consistent. Like they talk about tunneling. Yes, you can you can move that and, and use that for the tunneling. But as far as tipping, it happens too fast. You what you talked about with him and the runner on second and the way he held his glove. That's real world tipping, yeah. right? Like I, I, there's guys that there was a guy that held his glove here. And then when he was like on a fastball and then he'd lower and you could see like his nose or on his fastball, he couldn't see his nose. And then, whoop, oh, and he's throwing something else. Right. Sidney right. Ponson. Remember him? He used oh, to, yeah. he used to not wear sleeves. He would hold it like he would hold it down by his waist. And if you would see his forearm muscles wiggle, he was throwing an off speed pitch. Right. <laughs> but if his forearm stayed still, it was a fastball like things like yeah. that. Edwin Jackson, we got, we traded for him in the windup. He'd go over his head fastball and on breaking ball he'd stop right here right things mm. like that stuff you can pick up as a hitter because you have enough time to calculate it in your brain but like where the guy's elbow is and his effort level yeah that looks cool on video you ain't got no fucking chance in the batter's box the guy's throwing 100 at you, you got fifty thousand people telling you, you suck it's just not real i appreciate what you're saying but that's just a more real world approach from a player well i mean that's why i think you know, the coaches look at it and then they decide what they, what they think is actually actionable. I've, I've even had advanced scouts be like, we're kind of going away from just using the tipping machine, you know, using the software because we're finding more like from what you're talking about, just like watching the game and, and, and looking for those types of tips. But uh, I just wanted to put it out there as like, you know, that's a thing that teams are doing now in terms of, you know, what they're looking at, what they bring to the player. You're right. is different. And the other, only other thing that I'd push back on, uh, cause I, you know, I, t I totally get what you're saying. Um, I, there's like a big piece of research from cricket that said that pre-release information, I know cricket's not baseball, but it's close that pre-release information was much more important than post-release information. Um, and so all the stuff that we're talking about, whether it be traditional tipping or differences in effort level or, or, or things that the, the pitcher does differently in his mechanics, you may not be able to tell me that's why you swung at that pitch. But on some level, your brain is looking at that and being like, whoa, something's different. And, you know, like telling you something. It's not something you can tell me with your words because hitting is, I think, just so reactive that like. Like I asked Mookie Betts what he saw coming out of the hand. He says, I can't tell you. I don't know. You know, like, I don't know. And so I, I think that there, like, sometimes you might actually see some of that stuff and not know why you swung at that, why, not know why you thought it was a fastball, but it had something to do with the way their body moved. That, that's the only way I'd push back. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I do know that, like, hitting is – uh, like primal is the way I'd put it. Like you are seeing the ball and reacting and it's milliseconds. So I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. You're reacting to what is natural. That's why the four seam fastball that rides more gets swung and missed at because 
your mind knows that that ball is going to drop the natural 16 inches of gravity. And if it only drops nine inches, it's elite. If it drops six inches, it's Cy Young caliber. My question is, Severino, do the Mets really think like the Yankees didn't know he was tipping? Or is this just, hey, you know, it's a one-year deal. We're going to see if it works. Or do they feel like they can unlock this? Or was what you were talking about just from another rival executive? No, uh, they knew that the Yankees knew this. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that it's a little bit like, hey, why not? Like, in terms of like, you saw the one-year deals, right? You you got Jack Flaherty, Lance Lynn, uh, Luis Severino. I think basically with all of them, you're saying, well, I don't, I don't trust, uh, you know, it enough to be like, I'm going to give you three, four years. This is a one-year uh, sort of situation. But for me, Severino has the highest upside of those one-year deals, you know. And I think it's partially because of the tipping and partially just can we just unlock, just get that fastball movement back to where it used to be. I like that. And he is 29. I looked it up. That's confirmed. I, I may not have played, <laughs> but I, I do know how to use Google. Uh, Eno, great having you on. Appreciate the combo. Uh, big fan of your work. And uh, people can check out that article on on Severino and the pitch tipping. Um, if you check out Eno on The Athletic or um, look him up at Eno Cyrus. Thanks, Eno. Thanks, guys. See ya. That was good stuff. I had one I, question. I agree, by the way. I love, you know, I've been following him for a long time. His shit is very interesting um, to read on The Athletic. And in my mind, I agree of like those take a flyer guys. Luis Severino for 13 mil or Frankie hmm. Montas for 16? Who do you want? Oh, I mean, I'd probably take Severino. Severino for sure, given everything. I mean, they both had injury history, but Montas has barely pitched the last few years and it's, it's a bad shoulder issue. The lat's been the issue with Severino a lot. The lat and well, I think Severino just needs to figure out his command. His stuff is still there. He just throws too many balls right down the middle. He either misses like, I mean, I, you tip this. He misses like pitch outs, <laughs> or he throws it right down the middle. There was no like I'm going to hit corners. I mean, it was like middle or pitch out. If you watch him pitch the last few years, it looked like a lack of confidence. He's like the classic change of scenery guy. I wish he would have maybe gotten out of New York and gotten to a a little bit of a smaller market where he could have kind of. But he. Whatever. I think teams missed out. I think if, if that was the, the going rate for guys like that, I agree. I, I think more teams should have been in on it. Why didn't the White Sox get him? Yeah. I wanted to ask, well, I don't want to ruin his career. I want to yeah, ask true. Eno, I want to ask Eno because he wrote it about different free agents that were outside of the top 40. What do you think? And I know he's my friend. I always bring him up. What do you think that Gary's going to get? Yeah. Because Victor, Victor Caratini got, got two years. Two years, twelve million. Is Gary going to get two years, eighteen? From who? Well, that's what, that's that would be my second question: is who needs him on their team? But if Victor's getting that, I don't know. I just the dude had like a two war last year. Gary almost pumped twenty dingers. So Tom Murphy got two years, a little over eight. What did Caratini two, get? 12. Two years, 12. 12. I mean, he's beating all of those deals. Or he, he should, should be. He, he should. should be beating People are deals. still scared, though, I think, with him. Really? I think they're 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 looking at it and saying defense has always kind of been a question. Those guys are more defensive first guys than they are hitting. Hitting with Gary is up and down. Came up and he was, oh, this guy's going to be a 40 homer guy every year. And then he hit 180 for four years in a row, whatever it was. He was on a so Hall of Fame track. He was, he and then he hit up. one. Yeah, I know, I know. And then he yeah. couldn't hit anymore. So he's uh, been streaky. Yeah, on at the plate. That's yeah, fair. And he always has the defensive reputation. That's that always like you don't you can't you can be okay as a defender, and people are like, oh, he's okay, but you just can't have the reputation where, and it's not fair. Might not be fair, but you just can't have the reputation where, oh, he's awful. Because if you're awful defensively. Like, Mike Piazza wasn't that bad defensively, but, man, he got blasted for years about being awful. Right. But he could hit so well he made up for it, right? So teams are like, oh, we'll lose a little bit on defense. He can call a game, you know. But if you are if you are streaky hitting and you have the reputation of being bad defensively, it's hard. You know what I learned, Kratz? We, you, you can't have passed balls in New York. There it is. Specifically. Because I think the guys, and you know this, and, and even this past year in San Diego, many of the pitchers went out of their way to say, I really like playing catch with this guy. I'd only 
seeing the headlines in New York. I don't really understand it. It's the past balls. Those stand out in a top market. Do they not? Because because people don't know. Because people, that's what they're writing about. And I know I go off every time we bring up Gary's name, <laughs> and I shouldn't. You know what his you know what his defensive war alone was this year? 1.2. Wow. That's really good. And it wasn't a full season either. It's really good. Gary yeah. should have a two-year, 20 million, because you have a chance. If you start him, you give him 400 at-bats, he's going to hit you 25 dingers. He had 260 plate appearances last year and hit 19. Just saying. He had a great year. Right, who's who, who needs a catcher? Everybody needs catching. A starting catcher. Phillies don't need a catcher. Who's starting for the Marlins? The young kid, Flores. Nick. Right. No, Nick. So, is it Nick? Uh, Nick Forte or Nick Forte? Yeah. Forte. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay, they're not signing him. Tampa I, I, Bay needs one. They ain't signing him. You don't think Gary Sanchez is an upgrade at catcher? For no, I 100 percent do. But they're the not going to. They we, also traded for Bethancourt, who they'll plug in there. Also, the Marlins. I'm going to hopefully get to at some point this week. They are a joke. <laughs> They have done nothing. Zero. They have been waiting forever. Okay. And I have friends down there who are barely fans because they're like, they don't care about us. And I feel what they're saying right now. When is their window? We've been waiting forever. It should be now. It should be now. They haven't done anything. Now, if they had Sandy and everyone healthy, then it would definitely be now. But Sandy's going to miss a year. Do you know what they just did? They subtracted a billion home runs. It's called Jorge Soler. And then they're talking about trading Lazardo. Yeah. Which, which is crazy to me. He was the one guy that was healthy for him all year He's last year. He's going to start good. costing them money in arbitration. But again, let's get back to Gary. I, I want to know where you can find a place for a catcher. Twins? Who's catching for the Twins? Uh, I'm blanking right now. They've been looking to trade no, uh, Christian Vasquez. No. Um, and and um, Jeffers. Jeffers, Jeffers had a really good year. Jeffers had a really good year yeah, for him. The they have Vasquez. They're not spending money on Gary Sanchez. They already had Gary Sanchez, don't forget. And they <laughs> shit-canned him. We can, uh, we can okay. go around the league here, all right? So I, why don't I just do it real quick because okay. Pirates. sales getting checked in. So in the AL East, you've got – he's not going to Baltimore. I mean, he's not going back to the Yankees. No. Uh, Red Sox have Connor Wong. Not going there. But you could pair those two. Mm, no. no. Not doing it. Not, not going for two to Toronto. Years, 20 million. Not doing it in Toronto. Rays? Rays. Rays would be a fit, but they're not going to do it. Why not? Hmm. Because their defense, their, their depth their chart defense, right now is Rene Pinto. And that's their, def, it. their defense first catcher. I think he. Yeah, do. but he, I, I just told you there. he was one of the most don't valuable defensive catchers. I'm telling catchers. you, people don't believe that. I think he'd be great. Yeah, but the there. Rays. I, I think he'd be great there too. Plus, he get revenge on the Yankees. I, I do the NL East. Atlanta out. No. Washington yeah. out. Philly, Philly out. Mets out. Mets out. Marlins. What about the Nationals? I mean, Ruiz. Yeah, Ruiz is. He's no, real. He ain't going anywhere. Also, you got to keep in mind, I, I need two catchers. Like, G- Gary can split some time. I mean, what? He has to catch 130 games? No, but his value is as, as a catcher. No, no, I understand. But I'm saying, I think if you're a first division team these days, you need two starting caliber catchers. No, I disagree. disagree? Okay. I disagree. Because all the teams right. that we've mentioned so far, we, we've gone through a third of the league. All the teams we've mentioned so far – the Rays and the Marlins don't have a starting catcher. I think Kybert Ruiz is. Yeah, they just locked him up to catcher. a long-term deal. The East is loaded with catchers. The Central, the Brewers have an All-Star Platinum, Platinum Bat Glove catcher. Yeah, William Contreras mm-hmm. is awesome. Cardinals. There's other teams though. Like the the, okay, the Cubs. Tigers have Jake Rogers, Carson Kelly, and Dylan Dingler. Like, is Gary Sanchez better than all of them? Yes, but they're. They're not going to sign him, you know? I just, I just, I think it's a travesty, but I think it's like what AJ said. It is the perception. And a team is going to, teams know. Like, I didn't just all of a sudden break the news. Whoa, he had a great defensive season. No, he got out of, he got out of New York and he had his best, by far his best. Even yeah, but he was in Minnesota guys. and didn't do any better. So it's not like he went away. It wasn't like this was his first trip out of New York. I mean, he yep. was in Minnesota for a while. He was. Let me see in Minnesota. What about the Cubs with Jan? He's Gomes? a plus. I mean, he's a plus defender. I mean, above above average defender. I mean, the Cubs maybe. Yeah, Padres would have been a fit. They got Higgy now. 
to fill that second spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian but, I mean, right? Camposano can hit if he Dodgers no Diamondbacks no Rockies would he be a Rockies fit? So you have an All Star Diaz right? Was there catcher Elias Diaz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it could be a fit there. He might have hundred dingers. What about the A's? <laughs> Rangers yeah. no Astros no, no A's have A's have do a one year deal with deferrals for the next hundred years. There you go. Let's slap. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Hannah Hannah Kaiser's mad she's not in that video. I mean, you got to log more than two starts to be in that video. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Only the grinders in that video. (laughs) 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 So wait, Uh, Todd's a grinder? See, Scott, you can't be using the word grinder and just throwing it out yeah, there. Especially like, when you weren't a grinder. That's not true at all. <laughs> Scott's a grinder. Yeah. Scott's a grinder. That and, is, I am a grinder. And being part of the executive committee on grinders, Scott's a grinder. And being part of the executive committee on grinders and um, the leader in Kratz Hats, what do you got? The fighting fills of Redding. I'm telling you, you need to go and check it out. The emu or the ostrich guy riding around throwing hot dogs out is just just tremendous. It's one of the best minor league promotions. It's a good hat. I give that one a it's an eight. A plus, A minus. I mean, if, I like Jim, the, if JV was doing it, I'm not going to say his last name because I always say it Jim wrong. Jim Bowden. I know, I always say it wrong. So I'm just easy, easy. Jim. Well, because it's Bowden down here. Like Bobby Bowden spelled the same. Oh, so right. You're you see that it's always Bowden. Yeah. I know. Instead of Bowden, but he'd give that a he'd give that a C. C hat. Yeah, because he gave everyone a C apparently, except for the Dodgers. Dodgers got an A plus, I think. No, yeah. he didn't. He gave a lot of Bs I out. I know, but certain teams got Bs, and you're like, huh? Certain like, teams need some Ds and Fs. Yeah, I think he gave a little bit of benefit of the doubt to certain teams that will still do so. Like. The Cubs have been silent. Sure, you can make fun of them right now. They're not doing nothing. They're going to make moves. They're, what are they doing? I right think now? they're going mm. to re-sign Cody Bellinger, okay. and I think they're going to add at least one starter. Okay. I think they're very much in the running for someone make your like prediction Jordan right Montgomery. Now. Make your prediction who they Bellinger sign. and Montgomery. They the outbid the Red Sox for Montgomery. The Cubs yeah, are going to get Bellinger and Montgomery. Yes. Wow, then how do you feel about their offseason? And maybe a reliever or two. There's plenty of reliever. The bullpen market's barely moved yet. So Montgomery and Bellinger. I think that's a solid offseason. I'd say, okay, good job. That's a great offseason. But I don't think... They might even bring in your boy Reese Hoskins on top of that, too. He's been linked there. I'm just saying, for me... That'd be above average offseason, then. The Cubs talk is a little... I, I would way rather smash, say, the Red Sox and the Mariners than I would the Cubs. I think the Cubs have been waiting, but I think they're going to sign guys that are significant. I, I, I do not think they will come up empty-handed, but that's me. You can hear more about them and everyone else on Fair Territory. I listened this morning to Ken's fantastic weekly show, which includes the Boris Four, Jordan Montgomery included in that conversation. Ken's Hall of Fame ballot is revealed. He's got Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins in. Uh, he breaks down the Giants-Mariners trade. I'll give you a hint on the dork of the week. It's the dude that gets it more often than anyone else. Fisher. Fisher. <laughs> so check it out. It's available everywhere, YouTube, wherever you get your pods, the whole deal. All right, last licks. AJ, what do you got? Oh, there's some big birthdays today. One of them, Frenchie, Jeffy Francoeur. I don't know if Kratz ever played with Frenchie, but... Can't acknowledge until he comes on the show. You want him on? He's one of the all-time... Can we bring him on? Oh, he's the best. Get him on. He was supposed to come on playoffs, but he was too busy. Yeah, he's big time. Ask him. Can we get him on? I just text him happy birthday. He goes, I finally made it to the 40 club. (laughs) Jason Giambi, I mean, another one. Great guy. song specialist. Great dude. Mike Cameron, another good dude. Hit four homers in a game. People don't remember that. Love Cam. And then Carl Pavano, Okay. Once hit Paul Canerco in the face, one at bat, next at bat, Canerco. See you later, next at bat, same game. Do you have Big Bruce? Got a bloody lip. Damn. Hit him in the face, next at bat, Paulie said, fuck you, I'm going deep. Carpomano is an interesting career. Carpomano made a lot of money. He did. A lot of for money. not posting a lot. That's a big boy. <laughs> he is a big boy. Very, very he good guy. Once, yeah. 
very, very good fella too. Yep. Fella. There you go. Fella. Uh, it's going to be a big week, I guess. I mean, I know we started strong, but we got some other uh, notable names coming up this week. Can so you tease me? Look out for that. Ken Rosenthal, free agent Whit Merrifield, included on the list for Tuesday's show. Jonathan Papelbon to back Whoa. up his strong words. He's been blasting left and right. Is Pop he going to be drinking whiskey? I hope so. Oh. If he does, I will. Jameson <laughs> Tyone coming up on Thursday. Okay. Maybe he'll have a Friday? new teammate by then. Who's on Friday? Not you. Don't Not care, because I ain't here. <laughs> I knew that was coming. See you Tuesday. Because I'm a grinder. <laughs>